0: Let me ask you today, whose advice do you value more than any other? Who do you listen to when you need advice? Maybe a particular friend comes to mind, or maybe when you don't know what to do, you ask a question on Facebook, or look up on social media what you might, what other people think you might want to, want to uh, do. Maybe it's your own experience, You just sort of wing it, go through life, and just do the best you can. But whose advice do you really listen to? Well, my goal in this message is to convince you to listen to the Word of God, specifically to place the Bible on a higher level of confidence in your own heart and mind than anything else. You know, we're surrounded by a million messages, and they can't all be right. They can't all be of equal value. And it doesn't take long for a simple wrong message that you believe to mess up your entire life. I'll give you an example. Young people today are told that that making judgments about people's actions or words is forbidden. You You can't tell anyone else that they're wrong. The idea is that to each person, everybody is right. Now, the one exception to that rule in society is, of course, that if you disagree with that premise, well, people can tell you that you're wrong, and people can call you names and insult you. They can vilify anyone who might disagree with the premise that there's no room for anyone to make a judgment call as to someone else's actions or words. And, of course, that makes the entire idea inconsistent with itself, but nevertheless, There's this idea out there that you can't judge anyone else's words to be wrong or right. You can't judge anyone else's actions to be wrong or right. And if you can't judge anyone else to be wrong, then by extension, everybody is always right. And if everybody is always right, one of the extensions of that simple idea that it's wrong to tell someone else they're wrong if everyone is always right, then people who want to, for example, choose to consider themselves to be the other sex can do so. And so people can wake up one day and say, you know, I, I feel like a woman today. Or a woman can wake up and say, I don't really feel like a man today. And critics of... What I just said might say, "Well, it takes longer than that," but who knows how long it takes to wake up and someday decide that the way that you that God made you, or the way that genetics, or whatever you want to call it, made you, is just somehow a mistake was made, and your feelings are more important. Your feelings are the ter- are the determining factor of what sexuality you should really have, and before long. Re- will reach a point where you know, your sexuality, and we've already reached this point, your sexuality is not given to you, but it's a product of your own imagination. And soon mothers who give birth will be asked by their friends, What did you have? And they'll reply, I had a human! Which is ridiculous, because nobody in the history of mankind has ever seen a brand new baby come into the world and exclaim it's a human everyone says it's a boy or it's a girl and there's a celebration some mother will soon say well he's a male right now but as we raise him we'll make sure to do our best that he doesn't know we'll make sure he doesn't know that he's a male because we don't want him to be confused about his identity. Well, confused is the only thing that that poor little boy will ever be. We've reached a point in our society where one of the most simple, foundational, basic characteristics of humanity, which is sexuality, well, it's up for debate. Now, according to Romans 1, This is the natural progression of the outworking of God's wrath upon people. And He has given people over to having a depraved mind. And unless there's a major movement of God to wake people up, and by movement of God I mean either a great outpouring of God's grace or a great outpouring of His judgment, or both at the same time, I predict that soon people will want to choose their ethnicity as well. They'll wake up one day and say, you know, I, I always have been white, but today I feel like I'm black. Or today I feel like I'm Asian. Or today I feel like I'm Hispanic. And people will want to choose their ethnicity. I've been thinking about the next time the census comes around, what ethnicity I might be by then. I'm not sure if I will check on the box, how I will fill that in just yet. And it, it, it might be that uh, if, if everything about humanity, what it means to be human, is up for debate, if everything is just a product of my imagination, then I might, the next time I pay taxes, feel like my two dogs are humans, because that's two more deductions right there um, that I've adopted into my family. And so uh, then again, all of this is a bunch of nonsense that society puts out there. We've gone off the deep end. Maybe, just perhaps, the Bible's been right all along. Maybe God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. I would say to you, my proposal to you, is that as advanced as society is, as scientific as society is, Some of the most brilliant minds, scientific minds, are incapable today of figuring out what a boy is and what a girl is and whether a person is one or the other. These brilliant minds that have literally lost their mind may not be the best place to get your advice. It may be that this ancient book, that we've had on our shelves and we carry with us to church and we have in so many different forms today maybe the ancient book called the Bible is where we should truly get our most reliable advice you see believing a wrong message a simple wrong message very simple apparently on the outside loving type of message that it's it's wrong to tell someone that they're wrong believing that little message You carry it out to its conclusion. And we find ourselves totally incapable of telling our right hand from our left. If you believe a wrong message, and it could be about anything, not just sexuality, believing a wrong message can set the entire direction of your life askew. And I wonder how many of us have listened to people who gave us bad advice, and we found out months or even years later, I should have never listened to that person. Look at the mess my life is in now. Less than a generation after Jesus entered our world, some of his followers faced the same danger that we do, allowing bad advice to capture their hearts, to lead them astray, and to mess up their lives. Now, the apostle Peter, he saw this coming. The apostle Peter knew the danger of believing the wrong message and he knew that it could be cause great damage to the people of God and so he wrote something in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 to help them stay on the right path and take your bible and turn to 2 Peter chapter 1 we'll look at verses 12 through 21 a little bit longer of a passage today Peter writes therefore I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure you will be able to call these things to mind verse 16, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For when He received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to Him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with Him on the holy mountain, verse 19, So, Now, I want you to understand five reasons today why you should read your Bible and put it in your heart. Put its message in your heart. And I understand that sometimes when we talk about reading our Bible that not everyone is able to read or not everyone is able to read very well. We, I think those of us that are able to read, we sort of take it for granted that, hey, everyone can read, but not everyone can read. Little children are not yet capable of learning how to read. People with certain disabilities may not be able to read. People that have never been taught do not know how to read. But I know of some people that are incapable of reading. They know Scripture. They have put Scripture in their heart. How did they do that? Because they found other alternatives to reading the Word of God. They go to church every time the doors are open and they hear the Word of God taught. They listen to faithful, godly, uh, preachers on the radio, on the internet, listen to the word, and they listen to the word of God taught. There's even apps today that you can get that read scripture to you. Sometimes even in a dramatic fashion, where you can hear it even as you drive. You can hear it as you close your eyes, and someone can read that to you. Interestingly enough, in in Romans, the Apostle Paul said faith comes from what? He said he didn't say. Faith comes from reading. He said faith comes from hearing. Now certainly if you read God's Word, it will lead you to faith in God. But why did he say faith comes from hearing? Because as he was writing this letter, he handed it off to a friend who took it to the church at Rome. And the elders of that church opened up the letter. And they were reading, the, reading that letter to the church. The congregation was not reading it. The congregation was hearing the Word of God. And Paul said to them, you can have faith by hearing the Word of God. And so when I talk today about five reasons to read the Bible, really understand that it's five reasons to put God's Word into your heart in any form or fashion. If you're fortunate enough to own a Bible and fortunate enough to be able to read it, There's certainly incredible value in that. The reason number one to read the Bible is that God reminds you, the Bible reminds you rather of God's way to live. How should I live my life? If I want to live my life God's way, where do I find that? You find it in the pages of Scripture. You see, the reason God has provided written Scriptures for you is so that you can be instructed and reminded of His way to live your life i mean all throughout life we're going to run into different types of teachings and doctrines advice dogma ideas you're going to be confronted with all types of messages coming at you you need to avoid the pitfalls of false words and ideas sometimes those messages will come in so slowly into your life that you don't even know that it's happening it's just a word here and a word there But before long, you find yourself listening to the wrong source. So how do you make sure that you stay on the right path? How can you maintain your spiritual growth as a Christian? How do you know that you're living life God's way? Verse 12 tells us, it says, Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them. What thing? the things that we read about in verses 5 through 7. Peter's talking about the things that lead to a godly life. What are they? Faith, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, kindness, love, each one of these building upon the, next, or building upon the previous one. And so we put these ideas and these beliefs and these characteristics into our life, and it all begins with faith. And it all ends with the greatest quality any person could ever have, true love. Love for God. Love for my fellow man. These thoughts, these characteristics, these ideas, we begin to express them and they become words. These words become actions that we live out. These actions become habits that we practice daily. Habits become character and character as we know determines your destiny verse 12 continues he says i'll always be ready to remind you of these things even though you've already you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you the truth is present with you what he's talking about is putting these qualities into action peter was saying this he said i know that you're already putting these things into your lives but you need to be reminded of them why do you go to church every sunday I hope that you do go to church every Sunday. There's far too many people that don't. Far too many Christians that think they can somehow do enough, get enough without going to church. But why do you, if you do go to church every Sunday, why do you do that? I mean, some of you have been Christians longer than I've been alive. And yet you still go to church. Some of you have read the Bible repeatedly over the years. There's nothing that that if I read some portion of Scripture for some of you you've read it before because you've read all of Scripture before. So why? If you've already covered those tracks go back over them. Because you need to be reminded. You need to be reminded. Every once in a while the preacher may say something that's new. But most of the time You understand already but you need to be reminded you need to be encouraged you need to be uplifted you need to be with God's people Peter was saying I know you've already put these things into your lives but I need to remind you of them you see you will never ever outgrow your need to be instructed by the Bible if you've read the Bible through 50 times you have not yet outgrown your need to be instructed by it you need to make it a part of your life daily It is your daily manna, if you will. It is what God has provided you day after day after day. It needs to be part of your life. What you read in the Bible yesterday, what you read in the Bible five years ago, what you might have been taught in the Bible in seminary, what you might have been taught in the Bible in Sunday school as a youth, that's good, but it's not for today. Today, you need God's Word again. And so the Bible reminds you about how God wants you to live. Reason number two, the Bible gives you strength. Another reason to read the Bible is it gives you strength. Peter, he was a man who knew that he was going to die. He says that in these next, next verses. He knew that his death was imminent. In fact, Jesus told him. He said, Peter, when you're old, you're going to be ca- taken captive and die. Jesus said this in John 21, 18 he said to Peter truly truly I say to you when you were young you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted but when you were old you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go Jesus was not saying you're going to be too old to dress yourself you're going to be too old to walk he wasn't saying that he was saying Peter you're going to be captive you're going to be a prisoner for my name and you're going to be taken where you don't want to go Peter knew that now, now that he's old, he knew what was about to happen to him. His days were numbered. And if you only had one message that you could leave your loved ones with, what would it be? For Peter, it was this message. He wanted God's people to grow in their knowledge of Jesus Christ. Look at verses 13 and 14. He says, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling. What earthly dwelling? His house? No. He's talking about his body. As long as I'm in this body, as long as I'm in this earthly dwelling... I consider it right to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent. As also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Peter says, I know I'm about to die. Jesus told me that I'm about to die. And since the laying aside of my body is imminent, since my death is imminent, I want to stir you up. You know, every once in a while, you know, I, I like to cook, and every once in a while, you cook something that's been on the been in the pot for a while. And if you just let it sit there, the elements can even get sort of separated, almost become stagnant. A film is on top, or maybe the bottom of that pot is gonna burn the tomatoes or something like that so every once in a while you gotta get your big spoon in there you gotta stir it up when you stir it up what happens the smell fills the kitchen if you're the chef you get to cheat take a little bit yourself early right and so peter says i want to stir you up Peter says, I'm an old man. I'm about to die. Listen to me. I'm going to stir you up. I want you to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter literally, he calls his his body a tent. He calls it an earthly dwelling, but literally it's the word tent. He says, this is just a tent. Why? Why does he call it a tent? Why doesn't he call it a, a temple? Elsewhere, Scripture calls our bodies a temple. But not here. He, he calls, he says, my body's just a tent. Because a tent's temporary. A tent you do away with. You pack it away when you're done with it. Peter was saying, the Lord's just about done with me here. He's going to pack away this tent. And so he understood. He was longing for something better in life. The truth of God's word is always strengthening to us. When God gives us His Word and we read and we receive it in our hearts, don't you just understand, don't you feel in your spirit strength from it? Don't you receive from God's Word when you read it? If it's been a while since you've read God's Word and put it in your heart, can you think back to that time when you once did? And you remember those sweet times of fellowship that you had with the Lord? You know, those sweet times of fellowship, they're, they're just an open Bible away. And so get back to reading God's Word if you've been away from it. God loves you. He's not mad at you if you haven't been close to Him. He just wants to get to know you even more. He wants you to get to know Him even more. He wants you to have that sweet, intimate fellowship one with another. When you read the Word of God, it's always strengthening. It's refreshing for us. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Peter, same guy, said, Repent therefore and return, that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You need times of refreshing today? Listen, you can get it from the Lord. You can get it from His Word. The Holy Spirit will take the Word of God And receive it into your spirit and refresh your life. And so if you find yourself worn out with life, if you find that you're sort of in a a dry and arid land, that your spiritual heart thirsts for satisfaction, if you've been uh, mistakenly seeking satisfaction in other means and methods than the Lord, the Lord says, come back. Listen to the Word of God. In Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11, listen to what God's word does for you. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there will be great reward. Who among us would not want reviving wisdom, rejoicing, enlightening, enduring, righteousness, righteousness, Sweetness. Great reward. It's all right there in the Word of God. Reason number three, you need to put God's Word into your heart. The Bible is more reliable than your experiences. The Bible is more reliable than your experiences. You know, for a lot of people today, if they can't feel it, it doesn't exist. If they can't see it, if they can't hear it, if they can't taste it, if they can't smell it, And they don't believe it. But Peter says the Bible is more reliable even than his own testimony. Even than his own experiences. Think about this. Peter himself, the guy writing this, was an eyewitness of Jesus on the earth. Peter saw it all. He was there with Jesus for over three years. Look at verses 16 to 19. Peter says, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales. He says, I'm not making this up. When we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, what power that Jesus had? What did Peter see? Peter saw Jesus make the dumb speak. Peter saw Jesus make the deaf hear. Peter saw Jesus make the diseased well. And Peter even saw Jesus make the blind man see. Peter says, I saw all this. I'm not making it up. And he continues, But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He's talking about the transfiguration of Jesus. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Peter is saying, put yourself in my shoes. I walked with Jesus. I talked with Jesus. I saw everything that Jesus did. And then one day, Jesus took me and James and John alone up on a mountain. We didn't know what we were doing there. And then Jesus was transfigured on that mountain. And the glory of God shone from His body. And there was a brightness there. His entire being was transfigured and and revealed to us the glory of God. We saw it. We didn't know what to make of it. And then there was a voice from heaven that spoke to us. And the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Peter said, you think that got our attention? You bet it did. It 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 was incredible. It was monumental. And the next thing Peter says is the most amazing thing he says. He says in verse 19, we have the prophetic word made more sure. Peter said, put yourself in my shoes. I saw all of this, but there's something more reliable than my testimony. Even to me, there's something more reliable than everything that I saw, Peter says. What was it? The prophetic word of God. Can you imagine seeing everything that Peter, uh, seeing everything that he saw and then having even more faith in the Word of God to be reliable than your own experience of seeing Jesus transformed? Peter was saying, I was there, I saw Jesus, but don't believe me, believe God's Word. Why? God's Word is infallible. God's Word is inerrant. That infallible means it is completely trustworthy. Inerrant means there are no errors within it. You can trust The Word of God. It is the very Word of God. You can trust it. It's more reliable even than your own eyes. Reason number four to read the Bible. The Bible shines in the darkness of this world. You know, we take light for granted. Ever since the light bulb was invented, it changed the world, you know. You can go up in an airplane, look down. And today, you can fly in an airplane there if the if there's a clear sky and you can see there are no clouds blocking you from seeing the earth you cannot see any portion out your window where there aren't lights somewhere there's lights everywhere we light up the night even with just street lights there's lights everywhere light is a very precious commodity but when Peter lived if they were going to provide illumination it took great effort great effort you had to get a lamp and fill it with olive oil and that was usually your main source of light for people you had to put a wick in there and the wick had to be trimmed in a certain way and the oil placed in the reservoir enable to just to enable that light to shine light take, took a lot of effort and likewise god went through a great deal of effort to provide you and me the spiritual light that we need to live life his way so light is a very precious commodity and light is also protection for us. If you were to walk around at night it's dangerous enough these days, but what do we have? We have flashlights we turn on our headlights our cameras, our phones even have little lights on the on the back of them, and we can shine uh, the light around and have a little bit more measure of protection. But in that day in the day that when Peter lived, traveling at dark, when it was dark or at night, was especially dangerous. But when you and I travel with the Word of God as a light to us, God provides for us a covering, a hedge of protection. Verse 19 says, So we have the prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts you know everyone who comes to Jesus never needs to walk in darkness again spiritually if you feel like you're walking in a dark place I would say to you get alone with God and read his word put his word into your heart and that light that you need spiritually will be restored to you the fifth reason to read the Bible is because the Bible is from God the Bible is from God The Bible is God's most specific and reliable way of communicating His love to humanity. Peter writes in verses 20 and 21, But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. You see, God was involved in the production of Scripture. It is the very words of God. The very thought, the very breath of God went into writing these words that we have in our Bibles. But God is also involved in the interpretation of Scripture. The ideas of the Bible were not created by man, and the proper interpretation of Scripture cannot happen by man, not alone. The Spirit of God is involved in the process. And so we must understand when we read the Bible the Spirit of God is speaking to our spirits about how to live and how to follow Christ. Today I want you to make a commitment to reading your Bible and I want you to see that the Bible can change your life and really even change the lives of other people when you are feeding yourself on the Word of God. You have to decide what voices you're going to listen to, what messages that you're going to receive Are you going to listen to God above all others? Or is God just going to be one message of many that you'll receive into your life? What place will God and His Word have in your life? Would you allow Him to have the place of prominence and put His Word into your heart and in your life every day?